0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Aussie Wisdom. Today, we're sitting down with Joss Aguirre, who's a Brisbane-based online marketer, and he's had a really interesting story. He started in business while he was still in high school and he worked in film. He then moved into sales and now he works in online marketing with everything from salons that are local to uh, Fortune 500 businesses that are obviously overseas. Today we're going to walk through some of his story and we're also going to look at some strategies that he would use uh, when working with a service-based business or a product-based business. So with that, Joss, what can you tell us about yourself?
1: There's one elephant an introduction, that's for sure. You know, you. I guess, what, what are we talking about here exactly? The... Well, what I'd love to hear
0: is really we... what you've done up till now. And um, and then, as I said, like it'd be great to to actually see you in action and see awesome. what you do with product and market and service businesses. Man,
1: I'm excited. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Well, so 25 at the moment. Um, when did this all begin in terms of like working for yourself and and making a start in business?
1: I think I've always worked for myself one way or another. If you're right back, cause I was one of those kids that would... Uh throw plants and sell them and try little car washes and all that kind of stuff. Just That's what I wanted to do is have fun and create stuff. Cool. I can get right back if that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then when you when you first made a start when you are in high school okay. and you started working with businesses in certain projects, what
1: was it you were doing? So I wasn't technically doing a business. It was starting a film and TV company. So I was working in... Well, film students and working on actual productions like the Warner Brothers studios and getting to do all that kind of fun stuff, but that got me into producing film and TV after being in front of the camera. I ended up getting behind the scenes, organising crews, organising cast, organising food trucks and all that kind of fun stuff for productions and I guess that's what opened my eyes to the business of film and really understanding how that works, which then got me into understanding business of business and it's starting to meet people in the business communities and entrepreneurial spaces that opened my eyes to the possibilities that business can do and the kind of things you can do with it. Very cool. And so you mentioned that you're in front of the camera? Yeah, I originally started acting. That's that's where I started off in the film and TV industry is acting and Initially, I did a few extra films and TVCs, television commercials way back when. Okay. Then from that, I became friends with all of the guys who were making the movies and, and actually eventually started producing movies myself.
0: Hmm. And so when, how old were you, the sort of the last movie that you produced?
1: Last full kind of full-size feature would have been about 17.
0: Okay. Cool. And so, at that point, did you start moving across out of that, or
1: um, it's kind of a transition? So, what happened was, I built some communities like in a few different spaces like that. So, I built communities in film, in photography, and uh, I think a knack group as well as all around that, two thousand, three thousand odd members in each of those communities. But it wasn't really fulfilling money at that point. I was starting to get more into the business side of things and. Want to learn more about, I guess, outside of what we're doing. So, some other guys reached out to me and said, We've got a project that we want to do, It's is basically interviewing business people to create a web series. Mm-hmm. So, I ended up organizing that for them and uh, creating this mini series on like about three or four different entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one of them happened to be a marketer. So, it's actually a really good segue. One of the guys I interviewed, he'd created Bioshed. .co.nz and buyshed.com.au which they overtook Bunnings in terms of online sales for sheds and he'd done that all through SEO sheds like, sheds, outdoor like sheds. kid sheds right okay cool yeah so that's I didn't get him back to that online marketing space for many years later but he became I mean, to this day still a really good friend of mine um, he's getting back on track From there, I went to Melbourne, was asked to help create a studio down there, and as many young guys do, I got into sales, got into promotions, and do a few things just to pay the bills. Mm. And at the same time, I was getting into Tony Robbins and different sales things, just practicing what I was learning on the field with people. Mm. So I came, ended up coming back to Brisbane, had someone that wanted to work with me. In, I think, doing some sort of real estate project at the time, real estate videography kind of stuff. And at the same time, I was working in education sales. So, obviously, a lot going on right now, but the main thing I was doing was real estate, Um, education sales face to face. So, I'd go and learn all these techniques from books and friends that. in marketing, in sales for fairly large projects, and just testing out a person. That led to me becoming their best salesperson and getting headhunted by another company. And with that headhunting, I was able to start to test different ways of actually marketing so I didn't have to be face-to-face selling to people I could start. Well, as long as I got the results, it's all that mattered to me and to them as well. So I started testing out an online marketplace Australia which we call Gumtree and that so I started actually paying to advertise on that platform and allowed me to get in front of more people and show my ad to them. I was able to get leads for these colleges and eventually convert those into sales and that's what I guess started my marketing quote-unquote career.
0: Hmm. And so it was just it happened to be Gumtree because that was what was available at the time?
1: Because I'd tested it on free ads, free ads before, and then I started using paid ads. So, okay, I'm getting this from free ads. Let's see what happens if I put a bit of money behind it to get it to show it to more people.
0: Hmm. So what sort of year do you reckon that would have been?
1: That would have been 2011.
0: Okay. Yeah. And and when did Facebook ads start to really take off? Do you think? Facebook.
1: Facebook ads as in themselves, or when I started using them? Or Facebook ads, like when were they popular? Facebook not sure I'm sure they're fully popular yet. Okay. Um, they're being used at the time. A lot of businesses still don't know how to use them. Hmm. I think people use that to so don't necessarily know what they're doing. But I think people start starting to use facewares at the time. It wasn't as well known.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so what, Like, just just to sort of get an idea of what sort of money you would spend and how many leads you would get. Did you like what sort of how much how much money would it cost to promote an ad on Gumtree? I'll spend
1: anywhere between twenty five to fifty dollars on an ad at the time. I'd have that running for a week or so that would get me maybe ten or so quality leads.
0: And you I think and each of them would be worth
1: at the time for me that would have been conversion of about five hundred dollars.
0: Right. I think. Okay.
1: So again, I was like 18, 19 at the time.
0: Yeah. So a conversion, like if you converted every one of them, that'd be five grand. Yeah. So it'd cost you 50 bucks to get that,
1: basically. Something like that.
0: Yeah. Right. It just goes to show the leverage.
1: Yeah, leverage, advertising. It's You wouldn't convert all those people, you convert some of them. So.
0: Mm. Okay. And then how did it sort of go moving forward from using that avenue?
1: So the problem with that was it wasn't 100% predictable. But what I started to understand, that's what led me into advertising and got me to understand Facebook, so I can get more volume through it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But at the same time, what happened is other bro- other people who were in the space started coming to me for help with their marketing, and that led to brokers actually helping, asking me to help do all their marketing as well. So we a lot of testing and a lot of different messages, a lot of ways of actually approaching the market to get the right leads to them. And that's really what got me into advertising space from there. Because I was in the space, started learning more, started looking for more people who were already in advertising, and ended up working with a lot of gyms as well, and then a supplement company, like an online supplement, so we started doing things like uh, an executive's assistant to I think, a company that are doing about a mil a month in revenues. Uh. So we'd do things like buying email lists to send out to, and display network advertising, so specific websites that we can buy advertising on to on there on their, basically when people visit the web pages we work with affiliates and create webinars and work with some of the best marketers around right so learned a lot very quickly mm. spent a lot of hours doing that stuff but that was all part of the learning experience mm.
0: And so that, that's sort of around 2010, 2011? So
1: this would have been probably 2012, 2013 now, okay. I think, roughly. Yeah,
0: cool. And so when you when you saw what these other markets were doing, did you, it seemed like you see like meeting people really as an opportunity to learn a lot?
1: I still see everything as an opportunity to learn.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Money can be made, it's... Money is something you can create really quickly. And if you've got an offer, it starts to convert. Um, I think if you can look at life as an opportunity to learn and grow, that's where you'll be the most inflow and where you get the most advantage. Mm.
0: And so you said that you interviewed those CEOs for that for that webinar series. Yeah. Um, I know that you've, you've had a podcast running. Is it about 200 episodes or so or more so- than that?
1: A couple of years back now, I started a uh, podcast, just as a live Facebook show. I think that's about 150 to 200 now.
0: Okay. Yeah, and so, just my understanding is really, it's a case of you ch- chatting with the people that you really want to learn from, or
1: yeah, more or less. I I found people that I've found interesting, or have done some cool stuff that I want to talk with.
0: Hmm. Cool. And so, that that first. That initial one though, where you were doing that meal a month with su- the supplement mm. company and working with a lot of marketers, how did you? So I didn't work for do- a lot of
1: marketers. I was actually the core team in that company was three people.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So the director, myself, and their web guy. Mm.
0: And so obviously you learned a lot at that point. How did things change going forward after that?
1: We at the time so I had the. Business part of the time as well. We're doing things like running a website business and running a marketing side of things as well. So we had a heap of different clients from different industries. Amazing to learn different, a lot of different expect- perspectives. Learning what works in different industries and what doesn't. Um. I guess throughout that process, we all learned how to run a business, and learned how to live live a life as well. Like. Mm.
0: Yeah. And so, at that point, were you mainly doing SEO or was it Facebook? or?
1: So, I've mostly done Facebook ads and Google traffic. Yeah, okay. So, Google SEO ads.
0: is not Google ads?
1: SEO is different again. So, right. SEO yeah. is ba- based on getting organic listings, which are below the ads on Facebook, on Google. Mm. They're brilliant to get, but it takes a lot more time to get those rankings. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure you're ranking for the right stuff as well. So, it's no point ranking for a term that doesn't actually become sales for you.
0: Mm. Okay. So Google ads and Facebook ads.
1: Google ads, Facebook ads, fastest way to really gain traction. You'll pay more for it, but if you're converting offers, it, it's best way to gain access, gain mass momentum.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so right now, um, for most businesses, do you find they're getting more traction from Facebook or Google ads?
1: Depends on what kind of business you are. Right. Okay. Like, if you're a plumber, you don't go... If, if your toilet's broken right now yeah, and you need an emergency fix straight away, you don't go to Facebook and start scrolling looking for a plumber. You right. go, Google, and I need a plumber now. Emergency plumber.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've worked for a um, an internet marketing business where we were really like a lead generation website. And for us, we knew that we had it built and then it was just a case of dialing up Google Ads. How much could you start with and still get a good...
1: It depends on your business and what kind of competition there is. Right, okay. And how well you can convert. So if you're converting really well on your website, Mm -hmm. meaning having the right combination of words, having the right people coming there, having the right process to make your sale actually happen, Mm -hmm. you can spend a lot less to actually acquire the customer. Mm -hmm. And you can outspend your your competition because you can afford to pay more. Mm -hmm. So it's having different elements of your business optimised to make the sale make the sale occur, make the sale become more profitable. Right. I think it's a, a few people have said this, but one I remember actually quoting it originally is Jay Abraham, there's only three ways to grow a business. Get more customers, get them to come more often or get them to buy at a higher price point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I guess, is there is there anything else you'd like to go through in terms of, of what you've done so far? Would you like to jump into strategy? <sighs>
1: That's pretty much what I've done so far, so those main things there. So we've done that and a lot of cool technical stuff and websites and using technology to leverage things. So if anyone actually knows me, then whilst I work hard, I'm actually very lazy in the way I want to do things. I want to work efficiently. So yeah. I'll create systems to make the computers do a lot of the hard lifting for me and I'm gonna focus my energies on things that actually only I can do. Right
0: makes sense and yeah. so at the moment what's your key stuff that only you can do write copy deliver ads
1: write copy deliver ads computers do ads so we create we set them up but we yeah. trying to create them in a way that allows us to see what's going on and then scale them as we can mm-hmm. but copy and angles that's probably a skill that you can't get a computer to you can't get a computer to work at what is going to be the best way to convert somebody
0: and so let's say that you're running a product business or let's say that you've you've made the decision you're fully committed to running a product business you're just setting up your website to make sure that that product business can convert once we jump pump some yeah. google ads into it what are we looking for
1: so assuming this is a like purely product business that you don't need to have a conversation with someone to sell, mm-hmm. it's an e-commerce kind of product. Mm-hmm. First thing I'd be doing is seeing if there's anyone in your market, anyone in your market at all. So if you do, generally, you don't like to be the first one in the market. I like to be someone second, third, after it's already been proven. Yeah. Unless you got a lot of money to spend to get the word out, get get data. Yeah. Right. A lot of what you're doing initially in marketing is gaining data to see what works and what doesn't work and scaling it up. Mm. But let's say you're in a market where you're second or third. Let's take a look at... Let's um, say bed company, Koala Beds. Mm-hmm. So they've had a few other companies come into the market after them. They're doing the same thing. They've got the advantage of seeing what they seeing what that, this th- thing's working. Mm. And they can go to other markets. But... They can see, you go see what they're doing, where they're buying ads, what seems to be profitable. You can start to use that data advantage to help you gain traction much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, run traffic. See what works on, and how you can have your own angle.
0: So it's basically a case of like having having something set up that you think is reasonably good and then just start throwing some ad money at and it. And testing. And then just saying. Iterating. Yep. Saying so,
1: this is working, this isn't working. We're losing people. Are we getting people clicking on the ad? Great. So that means the ads are working. Hmm. Are people on the ad actually starting to add that product to their cart? Well, that part's working. Hmm. Are we we getting them from the cart to actual purchase? The part's working.
0: Just a really simple question. I've just set up a website and I've got all these different processes. How do I know? How do I get the data on which level they're getting to? Is that...
1: This is where it starts to get technical. Okay. So, I generally get someone to help you with this, but yeah. analytics. Right. There's certain softwares like Google Analytics that you can use to see what's working, what isn't. Mm. And you need to be able to know what actions you want people to take mm. and measure that. So, things like someone clicking a phone number, that's valuable to you. Something like someone clicking on your email, that's valuable. It could be valuable to someone downloading a PDF, depending on what kind of business you're in.
0: Yeah, I know. Like I, I don't have uh, experience with Google Ads, but I have experience with Facebook Ads, mm-hmm. and I know that you can see clicks and how many views yeah. and all that kind of thing.
1: And Facebook's got a lot better at more options. You can track now, so things like contact can be tracked. Mm-hmm. It's just whether most people don't know how to set it up. That's a technical skill. Okay. So, either you invest time in. Becoming more technically savvy, which again there's a lot of stuff to actually know to do this well mm-hmm. or find someone that can help you help you.
0: Yeah. And so so that's let's say you've got that product business set up. Once for that type of product business, if it's let's say it's been set up for a while and you're let's say five years down the track, what more would you do?
1: How much market share do you have at that point? Depend, if you're in five years in a business and you've been doing it well, mm-hmm. you should have gained a fair bit of market share.
0: Okay. So let's say, what would you consider as reasonable market share? Let's say it's 5%? Depends on
1: the market, but I'd want to, at least in your your local region, you want to be... Okay. Again, it depends on how aggressive you are and how much you're reinvesting impacting in the business. If you're looking to grow a small business that funds your lifestyle... Mm. You really don't need that much. But if you're looking to build a large business that you can exit in a few years, that's where you want to be aggressively putting your money back into the business to regrow. So you take money out, put it back into more ads, put it into sponsorships, partnerships, other ways of accessing your deal markets.
0: And so at that five-year point, do you think it would, if as long as you've got everything set up technically correct, it would just be a case of jumping, throwing some more cash at it?
1: Throwing more cash, looking at what your what your goals are. Like, if this is a business that, like I said, comes back down to goals, mm-hmm. if it's cash flow you want to fund a lifestyle, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly reasonable, a lot of people want that, then you've got your set. You can just keep that running for however long you want to do. Like I've got friends who, uh, I think he's number two or three in his market. Mm-hmm. He's, he's become an acquisition target now for his competitors. But he just... Because he's got that system, that's set up so well, he's able to travel and just check in on the campaigns to make sure they're running smoothly every now and again.
0: Interesting. And, just, and what sort of product? Like Is it like a typical consumable?
1: It's not a typical consumable. It's a little bit more high price, that particular one. Okay, yeah. But. Cool.
0: And so how would that change if you you've got, let's say you've finished your apprenticeship, you've been working for five years with your boss in, let's say, building or let's say it's air conditioning or it's concrete or really mm-hmm. all sorts of different like service businesses like that. What? How would you go about getting that business set up and, and flowing reasonably quickly?
1: Okay, so for a trade services business like that, you'd be looking for typically people who are actively search, searching, searching for your services. Mm-hmm. So search engines would be your best bet for people actively seeking your service. Things like Google and Bing. Um, From there, it's a matter of seeing how much it costs you to acquire a customer. So you're looking for, when you first start, you're looking to acquire data. Uh And uh, once that's done, you can start to actually scale it out. So my recommendation is make sure you have a bit of cash behind you to find that data gaining period.
0: And just so you can be kind of clear about this, um, how much do you think it would cost to get the website set up properly for that kind of business? Like it's not it's not as important as product, is it?
1: You still need to have all the elements in place. Yeah, yeah. You still need to be able to show that you're good at what you do and that people trust you and look professional. Yeah
0: but in terms of money to get the initial data to then, like, would it be five grand, two grand?
1: Depends on who's doing it for you. That's the thing. It's yeah, how long yeah, is a piece okay. of string? Like, right. You've seen logos go for like 200 grand plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's reasonable to start off where you, start off where you can. Yeah. Get a reasonable design happening. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the world's prettiest website.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then, so let's say you've just got that you're happy with the website and I, and i'm not really sure exactly what it needs to be on there but let's say you just decide that what you want to do is now just throw some money at google ads to get people to that website and just work out if that website's mm. converting what if we if i spent $5000 on google ads would i have a reasonable amount of data? you have a
1: reasonable amount of data with that yeah right. you could have more than a reasonable amount of data with that typically speaking if it's been, if the ads are being done well okay so you want to make sure the person you're doing is setting up remarketing ads okay make sure that they're targeting specific keywords and then you want to see that What they're targeting is relevant to your business. Mm. So often, what people do is they'll leave it to Google to have a really broad scope and what they can actually show to your show who can uh, see your ads, Mm -hmm. which means you get a lot of irrelevant searches or searches from people that aren't even in your market. Mm.
0: And so, just on the remarketing or retargeting, can you just walk through why is it that's so important and how
1: it works? Okay, you remember when you see ads on TV? Mm-hmm. Maybe the first time you hear it, you don't. It doesn't really cross your brain. you Don't really remember it. But you see it again, so I think, okay, this. I'm starting to remember this tone. I know this jingle. You hear it again, it's like, okay, these guys seem to know. They're pretty good. And you may not even recognize it straight away. But when you do go to make that purchasing decision, mm-hmm. you think of them straight away. Right.
0: And so, I, how does it actually work? Like, I, I basically go on on the. I go, I go online. And then I'm looking for a plumber and then let's say a mate of mine runs a business called U-Boot Plumbing. Yeah. So U-Boot Plumbing shows up. And then after that, what like what happens? What do you then do to make sure that I see that again?
1: Okay. Like, how does that work? This biz- That kind of business I don't really, it's not really as important. Okay. It's still, I think that's worth having and seeing it. You'll get some results out of it. Yeah, yeah. I just have a much shorter remarketing window. So that's how long I do ads for afterwards. because yeah. it depends what kind of plumbing, but typically people will make decisions either Quick straight minutes. away or yeah. next next day or so. Yeah. But let's just say we've got a three-day remarketing window. I've got, when you hit the website, a little piece of code will fire off to Google and it will fire off to Facebook saying, hey, Chris just saw this gaming website. He looks like he's in the market. He didn't actually do anything that we want him to do yet. Mm. Yep. He didn't call us. He didn't... um." It didn't um, fill out a form, huh. so what I'll do then we can set up ads to show to you for the next three days, uh-huh. and you'll go. If you're doing that, you have probably gone to two other plumber websites as well and looking around. Maybe you weren't ready to get the kitchen done straight away or the bathroom, hmm. but you'll start seeing my ads. I'm not going, and you want to do it in a way that's not too uh, in your face, trying to push you to sell. Might show you some results from other people, some of the other stuff we're doing. So. Uh-huh. Let's assume that the website the page you went to was a bathroom renovation page. Mm -hmm. I'd wanna show you some other projects on Facebook. I wanna show you some testimonials from other people who've got results from working with us, me as a plumber. Mm. Here's the bathroom renovation job we did. Mm. Here's um, Martha from Redcliffe and here's here's a new project that she had and here's what she had to say about their experience. Mm.
0: And then so if you had a landscaping business or a building business or a tiling business or something, you just have a longer remarketing period because the decision process is long? Yeah, you want to
1: look at the decision-making process and what makes sense for that business. Right. Like, um, there was a home connections business we worked with. Um, Before we took over them, they, A, weren't tracking anything properly, so they didn't actually know what they're they're spending and what they're getting in return. Uh And B, there were... They were told by their marketing company to focus all their efforts on Facebook. So they were spending a couple of grand each month on a platform that people weren't actively looking to use them. Yeah. So for, to explain this a bit better, people only go to utilities connections when they're moving house. Mm -hmm. So it only really makes sense for people actively searching for utilities connections. When they're, yeah. in, In the market. Yeah. But what we did is, okay, well, let's refocus our efforts onto Google. We'll set up conversion tracking so we know exactly what's working. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do then is remarket those people within for seven days after they initially hit the website. Mm-hmm. A, conversions sales went through the roof of that business because we're able to know what's going on. Yeah. And then we're able to actually hit them up and remarketing as well properly. And we were able to once we knew what was what was working, what wasn't working, we were able to refocus our efforts within Google to the term to the kind of searches that were most profitable.
0: Hmm. And so, really, for for a business like that, they were on Facebook, and, and Facebook's good for what building brand or
1: Facebook's great for building brand. It's great for products that either require an education process where you know exactly who your market is, that you can target through. Psychographics and demographics—that means how they think and things like their identifying characteristics, like where they went to school, hmm. where they live, their ages, gender, that kind of stuff. Or it can be good for people buy based on their jobs, etc. It's things like that. Where it—it's harder to work out is when people are actively in market for product or service. Hmm certain products that only really make sense at a very particular point in someone's life that they're actively seeking it. Hmm. In which case, you want to be using things like Google and you'll find a better profit margin for it.
0: Just to be clear, let's say you spend, you spend money on Google and there's the Google Ads at the top. When you spend money on Google Ads, do they only put the ads or they just put you closer to the top of the... Search? It's an auction. Okay.
1: So it's auction based on how much you're bidding, how good your ads are in comparison to other people and what happens after they click on your website.
0: Okay. So, so that Google knows...
1: There's a number of factors that Google takes into consideration.
0: Yeah, cool. Right.
1: So, if you're getting ads that their customers are really... the the people who are using their site are really liking they're clicking through Google knows. well, okay, this person seems to know what he's doing. People are liking his ad. I'll give him a higher position for a cheaper cost. Hmm. No, it's really relevant to what people are searching.
0: Yeah. And so if you've got a crappy website, it will it will cost you.
1: Yeah. If you've got a crappy website, it's going to cost you. If you're getting crappy headlines, if Google will say, well, I'm putting him up higher, but it's not actually... People are, don't seem to be liking it.
0: Okay.
1: I'm not going to send him more traffic, we'll put him down a bit further.
0: Mm. And, um... Okay. And so let's say... Let's say you've been running a business for five or 10 years and things actually aren't going all that well. How would you use, like what what would you sort of do there to make sure that you could turn things around instead of just deciding you're gonna exit and sell the business?
1: If you've been running business for that long and things aren't going well, I'd be looking at what, why that is first before you before look at advertising, mm. before you look at trying to grow a, mar- grow a market. Mm. If you're losing customers, something's wrong. Mm people are coming back to you something's wrong there so you need to address those issues before you try to spend more money on leaky bucket
0: yeah and so obviously there are some businesses where you'll get repeat traffic and you have to return customers and there will be some businesses just be one off
1: even so with one off businesses buying referrals
0: right okay yeah
1: that's yeah if you struggle at that point if your business is just not working at all mm-hmm. Something's wrong, whether it's internal issues with staff, whether it's the product pricing is wrong, that needs to be addressed first. Think of advertising as a way of speeding up the process for mm-hmm. helping you get to mass market. But if something's wrong with your business, no amount of advertising can get you out of it. In fact, it'll, it'll, if you advertise more, it'll get you deeper into the hole.
0: And so let's say I, I've, I've decided I'm going to give Google Ads a three-month trial. Mm-hmm. We've worked out a budget. And I'm getting leads, but I'm just not getting customers.
1: First thing to determine is what is a quali- you work out what a qualified lead is for you.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: right. And are those leads qualified? So assuming they are. Yeah. Well, where are you losing them?
0: Yeah. Maybe I just can't convert.
1: Is this on the phone call? You're not getting through to them on the call. Is.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just sort of if if that would be the case, like I'm just wondering what would happen. You know, like, and and if it's a sales problem,
1: okay. So this is you getting people on the phone, and you just can't convert them into a customer.
0: It's not me. I'm just making it up. No, that's no, not you. <laughs> but but let's say people get on the phone or people come and meet with me, and then and then I can't. I just I'm just not getting okay. the business right. Like I, I, I'm actually I'm having conversations. I'm not getting the business, but you're giving me a lot more conversations. Yeah, than, so you're getting more
1: conversations, and you're not actually closing the business. Yeah. So, yeah. It's assumed that these people are qualified and they are buying from someone. Yeah. You're not giving them, co- in this instance, you're not giving them the con- confidence that you're the one the right person for them. Exactly. Yeah. So you'd either need some sales coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need some sales coaching, is where I'd be looking to some of our times, or or to see where you're losing them in the process. So ask people, why do not you, if you don't mind, I understand that you went to the else or I said, when we spoke last week and for whatever reason you didn't want to go ahead, would you mind being able to tell me why that was? Mm.
0: Yeah. Do you find that when you work with people, um, they're quite happy to ask for feedback from people who didn't buy?
1: People who do well in business aren't. Right. People who are generally growth-orientated will ask us tough questions. That is a small percentage of the population, though. That's why so few people do well and last. Mm.
0: And so, when you when you are looking to work with a customer straight off the bat, what are the warning signs that make you say, "I oh, maybe I'm not going to work with
1: this person"? Do I see warnings? warnings are probably going back made. I'm looking more for things like: do they have a track history of already getting results in the business? Mm-hmm. Do they deliver for the customers? Is it a cool product? Mm. Do I get a good vibe out of them? Mm. Um, that's probably the main things I do. Um, there's other businesses that I can grow that's just too much effort sometimes. Mm. Like for me, as, as someone who's private service, I want to look at whether it's something that's easy, easy enough for me to do and get you results and get me results quickly as well.
0: Yeah, just on um, what's sort of easy to do and and what's not. I, we were chatting earlier about sometimes if you have no brand and you're just starting out it can be really quite difficult to grow something.
1: It can be quite difficult because no one knows who you are and it's... Okay. For example, if I'm marketing someone like Tony Robbins, it is really easy to market him because people, people generally know who he is. Mm. At least the ones that mar- they will be marketing to. Um, if you mark some coach that no one's ever heard of, no one really knows where they've been getting results, and they don't really have much in terms of content... Mm you're starting from scratch and it's really difficult to actually build a brand with them. Mm.
0: And so even you'd use the same, let's say you use the same search terms on Google, you don't, it will cost you more to get each lead because there's a, the brand that you don't know. And then the worry is that they click on that link and they're like, well, who's this person anyway?
1: Put it back this way. Um, Nike build brand, yeah? Yeah. Why would, if you go to shops, would you buy Nike or... Mm.
0: yeah,
1: Exact same shoe. Just go with what you know. Yeah, yeah. It's brand you know. Um, Kluge, however, can... It's a made-up brand, by the way. Mm. You can make it work, but it's going to have to take a lot more effort. So I'd have to educate you of why these amazing sports shoes are really good. Mm. I might want to attach another... Someone you know to it. So maybe a sports star. Help them. Get them to promote as well mm-hmm. um, there's different ways of actually starting to build a brand on that but you've got to be aware that it's going to cost money and time to actually build that build that as an asset
0: mm. and then obviously you've been in business for quite a while what what have you done to make sure that your brand is
1: so two things i've found really powerful is partnerships mm. and content
0: mm.
1: again that's because i and the Facebook brand um Probably, with the business I'm in, I don't need a lot of customers, not new clientels, but i still constantly doing some sort of content or connecting with people.
0: Mm.
1: I think once you take the foot off the brakes is when you do start to get in trouble.
0: Off gas. Off yeah. gas. Yeah. <laughs> um, And just on that, we were chatting earlier and you mentioned that since between sort of 2010 and 2018, you effectively worked almost every day?
1: I worked pretty hard. I was always learning or working on a project. We had a lot of different clients we were helping. Um, I think now I've probably started to create a bit more balance. Mm. But we are talking about it before. Right? Even with that, because of the kind of stuff we do, I've always got something in the back of my mind, mm. thinking about the solution or working on a new angle for promotion.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's cool. And so what is it that you do during like if in such a long time period, a lot of people sort of think, and we actually just spoke about it. When you speak to someone who've just started up a business and they do really well in three months and then they go on holidays, like what, how does, what are your thoughts around all that? And how would you go from a marketing perspective? making sure they can build a sustainable business and, and how that would sort of look I'm not there to be your paper sitter
1: yeah yeah. like if you can't put in there fit into your own business whoever these people are mm. you're not going to last long yeah
0: and so based on that too like obviously it was yeah there's nothing
1: wrong with holidays yeah if you've got something in place to help it grow when you're not there once yeah. it's actually a business and it's a system it's got team or whatever it is to make that work or you've got one almost the automated kind of business and you can just send traffic to mm. if you've got a business that relies on you being there and you want to take holidays when you're just starting the business before it's really got any kind of leverage mm. you're not going to be around for long yeah. yeah if you're taking money out of your marketing to put in to holidays yeah it's not the right time you probably shouldn't stay in business stick to your day job mm. enjoy the holidays enjoy the breaks enjoy taking time but you're in business, you need to know that there's going to be time that you need to work and build it up before you can really start to enjoy the fruits of that labour.
0: Mm. And so that really that was the decision that you made. You're just like, oh, I'm going to focus on this and grow it. And then eventually I can, I can sort of like take my foot off the gas here and there and, re- and relax a little bit more.
1: To an extent, also just enjoy it. Yeah. Like yeah. I like to work on complex problems. I like to create solutions. I like to help people. Um, it's just something that naturally suited me. I think also being able to have that freedom of being able to make those things, and also being paid on performance. So I know if I get to a better job, or if I'm able to create results, or I'll get make I'll increase my own earnings. It's not I'm not capped. Mm, yeah.
0: And just on that too, like obviously you had quite a lot of time there where you didn't get, you know, really get much of a chance to have a break, but you had habits in there that helped you mm. get by. So what what sort of habits do you have? What I
1: developed was a long time I didn't really take care of my health properly. So starting to run, starting to do something physically active helped me become more mentally active as well. Mm.
0: And then finally you've had you had that time you're in Brisbane, you spent some time in Melbourne, and now I understand you're looking to move overseas.
1: yeah, so what I'll be doing in the next year for the next year or so it's really just traveling and meeting a lot, a lot of people that I've met up I've, I've connected with over the years, but I should meet them in person and spending time on travelling
0: and so can you just sort of walk through? you've got this business, most of it's online, and so what are you looking for? Like you just, you need good internet
1: and what else do you really need? That's the main thing. Is even, as long as you've got internet connection with the kind of business that I'm in and a lot of other businesses, if you have location independence, you don't need to be in one location to service your customers. You just need internet connection, really.
0: Mm. And just on that, you, you've you interviewed about a hun- about 200 people on your podcast but a lot of them are overseas, so really, you just set this all up via webcam.
1: So the podcast, a lot of that was done via Skype. Yes, yeah, I use yeah Skype, which is a webcam. Yeah, and um, used a uh, microphone to record it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and just on, on the people that you reached out for to the podcast, how did you? How did you make that happen?
1: A lot of that starts from my initial circle as people who were friends and clients, so really cool clients that just through networking I'd end up working with or ended up becoming friends with. And then everyone else was just either being introduced through them or asking for connections or books I'd read. I'd go out on social media and connect them. Like I connected with guys who run billion-dollar companies or have created really really massive brands just because i read the book I'm like this thing is amazing who is this person how can i connect them so i'll find their email on their website i'll go to their facebook profile or i'll go to the linkedin profile twitter find a way to connect with them mm.
0: and so it really is just a case of knowing you want to meet them and then just asking tenacity yeah
1: just tenacity asking able to ask those questions say hey, I really love your book. People go, thank you. Hmm. Or I love what you said here. I'd love to actually talk to you about this further and I've got a podcast you'd be an amazing guest. I think you'd be an amazing guest for.
0: Right.
1: Most people will generally say yes or if they are genuinely not having any time at the moment, Hmm. they'll say, I'd love to, but it's not right yet. Hmm. Um, Can we schedule a time? We'll message my assistant and we'll find a time for it. Very cool.
0: do you have um, is there anything else you'd like to share in terms of projects that have been really cool or really enjoyed or
1: not particularly so every project's special to me for a different reason Mm um yes a lot of projects are special for different reasons I just like myself personally I like the variety of having different challenges it just keeps my brain active Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Josh, thanks very much for your time today. You're most welcome. I appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to connecting further. And thanks for tuning in.